0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Metaside Kicks. My name is Liv. This is M. M. Do you have a
1: fun fact again for us today? Um, black widows are only the girls. Oh, that's true. They um, they're the only ones that have the black body, legs, and the hourglass. The males are much smaller and they're brown. Hmm, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. They get eaten after they have sex with them. <laughs> The boys do. Mm -hmm. It's like grasshopper sex. I don't know.
0: Grasshoppers, the females are bigger than the males, and once they're done mating, the females eat the
1: male's head off. Most bugs. (laughs) Spring mantis are the same way. Yeah. So, people that breed those types of things, they usually will give them like food while the male does his thing so that he doesn't get eaten. There's still a huge risk of it still happening. There's still, it's, it's a risky business. I don't get it. You have to explain it.
0: (laughs) Um, what was I going to say? Oh, when I was little, uh, for whatever reason, I was terrified of black widows. Well, it's not for whatever reason. It's because
1: you were terrified because we went to Nevada and you had to get one out of our Airbnb.
0: I know exactly. That's pretty funny. Facing fears. I was absolutely terrified. Well, they
1: only bite you if you like crush them.
0: Which is still horrible,
1: well, you didn't crush them? well, no, cause I have morals. <laughs> I also wouldn't probably crush a black widow and risk dying. it's gotta have a boot on then they won't bite you. Well, they can't bite you.
0: anyways, when I was a child, my brother loved the history <laughs> channel and like all of that science stuff, so that's basically all we watched. And uh, he watched this whole thing on Black Widow Spiders and then only talked about it for like two weeks. And since he was my older brother and I was younger, I was convinced for like months, almost years, that a
1: Black Widow was going to like infect my brain and kill my family. Because that's what happens. Yeah. They don't kill you. They just create zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most people, I don't think there has been a death from a Black Widow in a while because they like have ways of dealing with it.
0: And people wear clothes more now. <laughs>
1: Well, they end up in your shoes a lot of the times and that's when people get bit by them. I'm not saying they don't get bit. I'm saying they don't die from it.
0: There's a snake in my boot.
1: Oh, like anti venom. Yeah. Got it.
0: That's still terrifying. I'm
1: I'm still I mean, scared. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get bit by a black widow either, but at least there's less likely that you'll die from it.
0: I wouldn't want to be bit by anything.
1: You get bit by your dog in a ring you put your hand in your dog's mouth.
0: Yeah, but look at that thing. She's sleeping on you the floor You said anything. Right
1: now. That's a thing.
0: I'm more prone to be getting bit by my baby right now. Oak likes to attach. Oh, this is funny. Okay. So have you ever seen videos of babies just attaching to their father's mo- noses and like sucking, like trying to suck their brains out? No. It's a thing. That's I, disgusting. I could show you. It's pretty funny. But uh, babies tend to think that noses are boobs just if you get close in proximity up until a certain age. I and like those
1: they can't see very well.
0: And Brad thinks it's hilarious that he'll hold up Oak and if Oak's hungry, he'll just like attach to his schnoz. But so it,
1: what are we talking about? <laughs> a good idea for a horror
0: movie. I think they How should is that have a horror movie. I think they should have babies yeah that are possessed mm-hmm. maybe by a black widow spider bite because that would make no sense at all because this whole movie isn't going to, but it's a horror movie. So hey, the zombie bright babies mm-hmm. attack you by sucking your brains out of your nose.
1: Have you ever watched iZombie? No. Well, she obviously is a zombie. But she works for like, I don't know, some like place where they do autopsies on crime things. Mm -hmm. So she would just eat the brains of her, like of the victims that came there for like whatever crime. And she would have hallucinations of like how they died because she ate their brain so that she could like, you the memories of their brain and that just reminded me of that because the beginning of each one she like prepares it in a different way because all she can eat is brains
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that makes more sense than my horror movie uh idea but
1: you should watch it it's cool
0: it sounds that would be like what if you ate your lettuce and and when you ate your lettuce you just knew what their life was like you're not eating brains well I mean Plants don't have brains, technically. Exactly. But they know everything, so it wouldn't
1: surprise me. You're not eating their soul. You're eating their body, not their brain. But the brain is where the uh, the memories happen. You're talking about the memories happening in their soul, but you're not eating your soul.
0: But Check in
1: mate Next topic.
0: A, but if you eat a <laughs> brain, you're not eating a soul. It's still
1: just their body. Yep, yeah, you're talking about... Plants, souls know everything. Yeah. You're not eating their soul.
0: But you're eating a part of their body,
1: so then wouldn't you be able to get their memories? But they don't have brains. So how do they have memories?
0: I don't know. Exactly. They hold it
1: in their soul. But I'm not eating their soul. But a person, they have their memories in their brain. I'm winning this argument. <laughs> Let's start the conversation. What are we talking about? you guys
0: are new to this podcast. We're your sidekicks, your sidekicks to all things metaphysical, spiritual, and in between, because we're psychic mediums, twin flames, blessed friends, and here we are. We're gonna talk about geomancy. There you go. And do you know what geomancy is?
1: Does it have to do with crystals or alchemy or both? Um,
0: not alchemy. It could be crystal related. Uh,
1: are we gonna talk to a big crystal monster?
0: We could. I did not, but if you want to, is he purple? Yeah, <laughs> I saw him when you looked at him. It's annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't he just know. walked in the door because I was like, "Who are we gonna talk to?" I was expecting a dude. The crystal rock man came in. Ask uh, ask him what geomancy is. Um, do you use the energy of crystals to like do some weird mystical thing? That's very close. Because it's like, well, if you know necromancy, necromancy is the whatevering of death in order to do some weird magical mystical thing.
0: I thought I was so. also just
1: talking oh to dead people. Yeah. 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 Anyway, So we're going to talk to crystals? we
0: yeah, talk to crystals. No, but we can. See, I just, I wanted to know because JB on, who's one of our patrons, if you guys are interested in joining our Patreon to get exclusive content, like our discord server and things like that to talk to us and everyone else around the world about all of these topics, there'll be a link in the show notes. But JB on Patreon was like, Hey Liv, do you know what geomancy is? And I was like, heck no. Hang on a second. And I asked, I don't know, my spirit guides and just the first thing that came to my mind because it says geomancy so you're like okay maybe it deals with like rocks or something like geodes geology
1: geographical whatever giant crystal monsters
0: yeah <laughs> and uh, I was like I don't know does it deal with math and they're like yeah it does kind of that's pretty cool and I was like all right so they asked if I could do a, a podcast on it so here we are thanks JB <laughs> But yeah, I thought it had to do with math. And I was like, I don't want to do anything that has to do with math. But JB asked, so. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread. With incredible taste and texture, Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. The first definition is the art of placing or arranging buildings or others' sites auspiciously. So like with purpose. So that'd okay. be like ley lines basically. Mm-hmm. They used ley lines to auspiciously place big monuments. Um and then the second definition is the reason for today's podcast, which literally translates geomancy into earth divination. So geomancy is divination from configurations seen in a handful of earth thrown on the ground or by interpreting lines
1: or textures on the ground. Yeah, that is much better explanation than what I gave you. <laughs> but is same, same, but different.
0: And we're gonna go over that like I was Wikipedia is my sources today. I'll put the sources down below if you want to read them for yourself in the show notes. But they have like these little oblong rectangular
1: Prisms. You're talking about the oh, nope, they're not prisms.
0: No, they're like prisms. They're like long rectangular. I mean I know a prism You're has about three towers? sides.
1: Like
0: crystal towers? It's four sides, so it's a rectangle but long. I
1: have no idea. Which
0: I obviously I failed geometry too, but uh <laughs> They're like these little okay, they could look like crystal like towers a little bit and then you throw them on the ground and each side has different things on them. So it's a lot oh. of
1: Okay. Different things. No, I know what you're talking about. Okay, I'll show you pictures They're kind of like dice things. Yeah, but long. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what they're called because I've never used them before, but it sounds like a fun time.
0: Yeah. So that's one form of geomancy, but then literally, like they said, like throwing dirt on the ground and then interpreting it. So it's a lot of different things depending on the cultures. And I guess geomancy's been around for heck a long time, my
1: guy. Well, yeah. It's easy. There's just rocks everywhere. (laughs) Like, I can't do charm readings. You need charms. But if you have rocks. Stop. What? (laughs) (laughs) I saw
0: a video the other day and it said, like, one of humans' longest forms of entertainment. And it was literally a dude standing on the side of a freaking mountain, like a billy goat with a stick. And he took this stick and, like, huzzahed! right into the side of the mountain and just lifted off a giant piece of shale and watched it tumble all the way down to the ground like at least four or five hundred feet. That's the only thing I can think about when you say we've had rocks for a long time.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you you do divination with tarot cards, but we haven't had paper for as long as we had rocks. Mm -hmm. So, obviously.
0: Do you think the guy from the video I saw was just trying to do like the ultimate form of geomancy?
1: I honestly have no idea why we're talking about it. Other than he's hitting rocks. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, it was, it made
0: a really big boom on the bottom of the floor.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, geomancy translates literally into quote earth divination. And the term is used for methods of divination that interpret geographic fe- features, markings on the ground or the patterns formed
1: by soil, rocks, or sand. So I guess that could be kind of like ley lines. I read crystal balls. I <laughs> think that's a form of this.
0: Is there any crystals of D's nuts? Sorry. <laughs> you said crystal balls and all I could think about was D's nuts. <laughs> I, I need to sleep. Geomancy was practiced by people from all social classes. It was one of the most popular forms of divination throughout Africa and Europe during particularly the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. Although in Renaissance magic, geomancy was classified as one of the seven forbidden arts, along with black magic, hydromancy, aromancy, pyromancy, chiromancy, which is palmistry, and scapulomancy. Okay. Which I assume is the divination using a scapula, but I could be wrong. (laughs) I'm sure if I am, someone's going to let us know in the comments below. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do, i hang on i need to know what scapulomancy is <laughs> ha we're right it is it's divination using a scapula
1: interesting
0: oh i love it also termed opuloscopy or spiel bone reading is the practice of divination by use of scapulae or spiel bones it is most widely practiced in china as oracle bones and has also been independently developed in the west or West, depending on what you want to call it all right so there are lots of forms of geomancy the word itself is derived from the greek late greek word which is geomantia and it translates literally to earth divination it is a calc translation of the arabic term I think it's ilm am ram or the science of the sand and Greek renditions earlier of the word borrowed the Arabic word ralm sand directly rendering it to be what we know as it today. So there are lots of different forms of geomancy depending on what part of the world you come from. That's what we're going to cover starting with Arabic geomancy. So for this form since we talked about it being like Throwing rocks, sketching things on the ground, looking at like landmarks and things like that. This is the Arabic flavor of it, if you will. If you, if okay, if you had to practice geomancy, what would you do?
1: I mean, I'm not entirely sure. I told you that I read crystal balls, I also have runes. I don't know if that counts because, like, um, I don't know, my guy. I, guess- I carry around crystals and it makes me vibrate at a different level. some people have energy drinks m has crystals
0: yeah well no, but i mean like based on what i've said so far what would you do
1: what would i do for you mancy yeah i don't know if i understand the question because i could do a lot of things exactly it's an open-ended question like would you
0: i think i would take like some dirt maybe mix it with some water to get to make mud and then throw it a certain way and then see how it like falls
1: on ground that isn't so wet because you could also um like throw clay on a wheel and how it throws you can read that like the lines in it that would be cool Mm -hmm. that's ingenuitive it's something
0: (laughs) okay so the arabic form of geomancy the arabic tradition consists of sketching 16 random lines of dots in sand The same process survived virtually unchanged through its introduction to Europe in the medieval era. And to this day, there are also other forms of African divination that follows techniques that are very similar. For example, in Africa, one traditional form of geomancy consists of throwing handfuls of dirt in the air and observing how the dirt falls. It can also involve a mouse because the mouse is seen as the agent of the earth spirit, Aoife. And one of the oldest forms of geomancy originates in West Africa. And it uses the same 16 geomantic figures as in Arabic and Western geomancy. And they each have different meanings. And the process is shortened to using only two figures or two of the rock thingies, I guess. So I could be wrong. It could be using only two of the 16 geomantic figures. That's what it is. So it's shortened from 16 to two, which
1: you're talking about the weird roly
0: dice things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they, the dice have 16 different pieces. Correct. Mm -hmm. With the different figurines. But I guess this one African one shortens it all to only two, which I don't know how you get, I mean, 16 gives you a lot of interpretation, but two, I feel like you're going to have to be like Schwami level to do that. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you can
1: get a yes or no.
0: I guess so. All right, so in Chinese geomancy, the diviner may enter a trance and make markings on the ground that are interpreted by an associate. Often, they say a young or illiterate boy. I mean, I guess if you don't have the ability to read, it will definitely enhance your ability to interpret other things because I feel like you have less stuff in your mind to, I don't Mm. know, have to think through. (laughs) Makes sense. Similar forms of geomancy include scrying, which is when you put uh, look at the patterns seen in rocks or soil. So that would be kind of like scrying by throwing clay on a wheel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So I think it's I Ching or itching. I don't know. Itching or just ching, scratching. It says the eight trigrams used in I Ching or one ching is the Chinese divination practice that has several striking similarities to geomancy. It includes a series of binary trigrams, as opposed to tetragrams used in geomancy, that are generated at random, the resulting figures of which are taken in combination. However, the figures are not added or reorganized as in geomancy, but are instead taken to form a single hexagram. While there are 23 or 8 trigrams, there are 26 or 64 hexagrams. This yields a similar set of resulting charts in Geomancy. Although, this is not to be confused with the secret Taijutsu of the Hyoga clan's main house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on, I put that in there for you. You love Naruto. Oh. (laughs)
1: Because
0: they're talking about the 64 trigrams? Yeah. The 64 trigram jutsu. (laughs) That's all I could think about.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You started talking about that and I was like, Seems familiar, but also I'm not sure what's going on.
0: <laughs> the sixty-four palms, you don't know what's happening yeah. right now.
1: <laughs> no, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so in India there's something called Vatsu Shastra uh yeah, Shastra. And Vatsu Shastra is a traditional Indian system of architecture, which literally translates to the science of architecture. There are texts found on the Indian subcontinent that describes principles of design, layout, measurements, ground preparation, spatial arrangement, and geometry. sastras uh, incorporate traditional Hindu and some Buddhist beliefs. The designs are intended to integrate architecture with nature, the relative functions of various parts of the structure, and ancient beliefs utilizing geometric patterns, or yantra, symmetry, and directional alignment. So it's basically... Feng Shui, but mm-hmm. in Indian thought, isn't that cool? Got you. So geomancy can geomancy can also be, or is linked to similarities similarities with Feng Shui, or uh, Vatsu Shastra. Okay. So, like, if you want to project or create certain things in your surroundings you'll use geomancy and the architectural aspect of it to bring that stuff to you got you does that make sense yeah so you're like using divination in your daily life 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 (laughs) all right there's also central asian kumalak so kumalak is a type of geomancy practice in kazakhstan tuva and other parts of central asia kumalak makes use of a three by three grid wherein a shaman will ritually place up to 41 beads. These shamans will use Kumalak more to connect with their ancestors and spiritual guides than to obtain information through divination. Kumalak shamans must be initiated and taught how to perform the rituals of Kumalak correctly. According to them, it's an ancient system of knowledge reaching back to their roots in civilization. So, a little bit different. Use more Uses more like... Um, Geometry, I guess, and the way beads are in something to connect with people. It probably has to do with like your uh energy and stuff. Almost like uh, what is it? Your chi. You ah. know, because if it has forty-one points, maybe they're trying to connect to certain parts of your energy to connect to ancestors. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I could make a whole thing on each one of these. That's why I'm just like going down mm-hmm. the list of them a little bit so if there's any specific one of these geomancy topics from a certain culture you'd like us to talk about let me know in the comments below if you're listening on the metapsychics extra youtube channel all right so you have korean geomancy too so in korea this tradition was popularized in the ninth century by the buddhist monk i think it's docyon or dosen In Korea, geomancy takes the form of interpreting the topography of the land to determine future events and or the strength of a dynasty or particular family. Therefore, not only where location and landforms are important, but the topography could shift after decades, causing disfavor and the need to relocate. And the idea is still accepted in many Southeast Asian societies today. Although with reduced force, because I guess if you put up an entire infrastructure and then the geomancy changes, they're not just going to like push Bikini Bottom somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) And then we did, we talked about feng shui. So feng shui in the 19th century Christian monasteries in China translated feng shui as geomancy due to their observations of local shamans and priests manipulating the flow and direction of energy based on aesthetics, location, and position of objects and buildings. So it stems from a distinct tradition. The term geomancy now commonly includes feng shui. Similarly, the introduction of the similar Indian system of aesthetics and positioning to harmonize the local energies, which is Vasu Shastra, has come under the name of geomancy which is pretty cool. And then in the very last part, see, in recent times the term has been applied to a wide range of other occult and fringe activities. It makes you sound like you're like doing something bad, but <laughs> including earth mysteries and the introduction of ley lines. And it says bio biology. But it's not biology, it's biology.
1: So Okay. <laughs> I have
0: no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Are you excited? to learn about the 16 geometric figures
1: sure (laughs) is are we still talking about the dice that are long yes unless you're talking about I Ching which is I have no idea you said a lot of things and I don't understand half of them so I'm ready okay
0: so these all just look like and I told you, I will put you put the sources down below. So if you want to look at the little images as we go along, I will try to explain them as best as I can, but you can look at the images too. So we have the 16 figures for Geomancy. And in I Ching, the classic Chinese text, they're like written out, but in other places, they're on like the dice, but they're elongated, like M said. And they, you roll the two dice and then you have the 16 different things and they're interpreted different ways, very similarly to like tarot cards or charms, things like that. So the 16 geometric figures are primary symbols utilized in geomancy, an ancient divinatory practice. (laughs) Each figure consists of four lines representing the classical elements and can be interpreted through various methods and questions. They originate from Middle Eastern traditions and geomancy was introduced to Europe during the Middle Ages where it acquired astrological meanings and new interpretive layers. These figures exhibit a superficial resemblance to Bagao and the eight trigrams in I Ching, a classic Chinese text. So each figurine or each figure carries distinct attributes and meanings and that's what we're going to go over now. So Each figure is composed of four lines, each line containing either one or two points. Now, the first one, pretty simple. It is four points in a line pointing north to south, and it is called via. And via is Latin for the way. Dude, there's some fun Harry Potter things in this, too. Are you excited? Sure. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So, via is the first of the 16 figures, and the figure resembles a road or path, hence why it's called the way. It is considered bad of most things, but good with concerns of roads, travels, or journeys. So if you're talking about like, I don't know, your finances, I guess, and you get the road, I guess it would be bad. I don't know, but that's up to the interpretation of the person practicing geomancy. Astrologically, It is associated with Cancer and the waning moon and both its inner and outer elements are water. So we're going to talk about inner and outer elements for each of these. And M can try and help me like interpret it because we're not professional geomancers, obviously. But it's cool because they all have like layers to things. So like an inner layer, and outer layer will be like water or something like that. And then there's also gods that are associated to these two. I don't know anything about the gods. That is a whole bigger research topic too, but I'm going to talk about them anyways just so if people who are listening
1: do know about them, you can be like, "Oh, that makes so much sense." So, you're talking about like carvings that are in the stones. Mm-hmm. Are they the same as the ones that are in runes? or are they different? They are different. Okay, just want to make sure.
0: Yeah, here I'll show you what they look like for a second just so you can you can see.
1: It looks like this. Got you. Makes sense. And then the
0: the different figures are this. Got you. So that's what the carvings are. Yeah. Okay. So via as Latin for the way, the figure resembles a road or a path and is considered bad of most things, but good with concerns of roads, travels, or journeys. Astrologically, it is associated with cancer and the waning moon, and both its inner and outer elements are water. All the elements in Vyre are active, and as such, the figure indicates change more than any other figure. Regarding the outcome of a situation being divined, it is neutral, unless change by itself infers a positive or negative result. This figure inverts any figure when added, giving it another meaning of change. It is associated with the deities Diana and Mercusius and the angels Gabriel and Muriel. It is also associated with the stomach. Got you. (laughs) All right, so we got the second of the 16 figures, and it is called Cata Draconis. So this one is, if you were to make three dots on a piece of paper, uh, do them north to south, going from top to bottom, and then on either side of the last dot, put two more dots on either side. So it looks kind of like a dragon tail, because Cata Draconis is Latin for the tail of the dragon. and the. Oh. right that's cute Uh uh-huh and the figure of the south node of the moon it is considered very bad in most situations such that in older traditions if this was the first figure drawn the geomancy reading would be stopped it was only good in circumstances for ending or completing things such as breaking up a relationship it brings good with evil and evil with good its inner and outer elements are both fire it is associated with the malefic planets, Saturn and Mars, and the astrological sign Virgo, and it's associated with the deities Mavers, Saturnus, and Athena, and its angels Cassiel, Samuel, and Micadrill. It is associated with the left arm, which is interesting, because I feel like the left arm could be a part of, like, your heart, you know? But that's just me. You want to see a picture? Boop. Wow. Oh. Now we have the third one, which is Pu'er. And this is if you were to make like a diamond out of four little dots and then at the top of the diamond, make another little dot. That's what that, this is what the the third figure looks like. So Pu'er is Latin Mm -hmm. for the boy. The figure is a representation of a sword and refers to male energies, primarily aggression and passion, but also war and male sexuality. It is bad in most cases, but good in situations where boys excelled, such as love and war. It is astrologically associated with Aries and Mars, and all elements are active except water. The element of emotion and its internal element is air due to it being ruled by Mars, but its outer element is fire. So it's fire and air. So it just, you know, makes the flames bigger, I would assume.
1: Does it look like a sword?
0: Yeah upside down got you so it is associated with the deities maverse and athena and the angels Samael and micah drail and it's associated with the head now we have the fourth one which is fortuna minor and fortuna minor means the lesser fortunate which i think was a word in harry potter wasn't there a woman called fortuna minor i don't know i feel like there was but i could be wrong i don't remember so if you want to draw this one, you're going to make like, it kind of looks like a little house. So you're going to take two dots and draw a line from top to bottom, which is two dots. And then two more on either side, left and right, but towards the bottom. So it kind of looks like a church steeple a little bit. But again, I'll have the, the, a link to the Wikipedia site for you guys to read if you'd like and follow along. So the figure is symbolic for success coming down like beams of light from the sun. Astrologically, Fortuna Minor is associated with Leo and the sun in southern declinations. Both its inner and outer element rulers are fire. It indicates a weakly positive outcome in nearly all questions, representing transient success that is dependent upon outside help. It favors situations that can be resolved quickly and do not need to be sustained. It is a figure of change and instability. And its deities are Apollo and Jupiter and the angels Michael and Verchiel. It is associated with the spine. Now we have the fifth sign, which is Puella. It just makes everything's Latin, so it makes me feel like we're talking about like spells and Harry Potter a little time oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. so Puella is Latin for the girl. This figure is to resemble a woman with exaggerated bosom, so wow. it's <laughs> yeah. Draw a diamond with four little dots and then put one dot at the bottom. It is good in most situations, especially with women, beauty, or feminine situations. Astrologically, it is associated with Libra and Venus. Its outer element is air, but its inner element is water. And it can represent peace and passivity, which can either be positive or negative, depending on the question being answered, though it's generally positive Requiring to be acted upon instead of it acting on a situation. It is a symbol of feminineness, balancing the energy of Pu'er. So it is associated with the deities Venus and Volcanus and the angels Anael and Zuriel, And it's associated with the kidneys, lower back, buttocks, and skin. Which is interesting. There's just like so many, every time it tells you information, you're just like, okay, what question would someone ask? And then how would you like use this to interpret an answer? So the sixth one is uh, a misio and uh, this one's a little bit harder to draw. So take four dots and make a diamond. And then at, at the very bottom of the diamond so that it makes a, um, what is it? Like a horizontal sort of diagonal line. Put two more dots.
1: Looks like a person. Yeah. (laughs) So Amicio,
0: Latin for loss, the figure is of two bowls or cups turned upside down. Astrologically, it is associated with Taurus and Venus retrograde. Its inner element is fire, but is ruled outwardly by Earth. In general, the figure is bad or negative for all charts except for those for love, being a figure of Venus, or where loss is desired and denotes loss. It often represents something outside of one's grasp. It is associated with the goddess Venus and the angels Anael and Asmodele. And it is associated with the neck and throat. So I guess it's really just like an inward tumultuous type of thing. Because if you got the inner element is fire, but it's ruled outwardly by earth. I would say that that's like, I don't know, like a volcano. Like you're trying to explode, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So the seventh is called carcer and carcer is if you were to draw like a diamond but instead of having one dot on either side make it two so it's like an extra longo diamond boy
1: wow yeah, i don't know
0: so carcer is latin for the prison and the figure is the outline of an enclosure a link in a chain or prison cell It is usually bad in situations and denotes delays, setbacks, or bindings. Astrologically, it is associated with Capricorn and Saturn retrograde. Its inner and outer element are Earth, and it refers to immobility but also strength. Depending on the question, it could indicate a restriction or a source of willpower. However, it's generally unfavorable but could be good in questions involving stability or security. So the deity is, it's associated with are Saturnus and Vesta and the angels Cassiel and Hanael. And it's associated with the knees and the skeletal system of the body. Now the next one or the, I think we're now on to eight. So the eighth figure, I think it's Letiti, Letitia. Latitia. I think that's what it is. So you're going to take three lines, draw them down north to south, top to bottom. And then to the right of that, just a couple, like a little bit. Draw three more lines the same way. And then at the very top, put a little dot to make a house. And that's how you're going to draw that figure. Mm-hmm. Latitia is Latin for joy. And the figure resembles an arch, fountain, or rainbow. It is good in situations that concern potential joy or happiness. Astrologically, it is associated with Pisces and Jupiter retrograde. And for all of the Pisces out there, we see you. We hear you. There's like one person that keeps commenting on our YouTube channel. They're like, I'm a Pisces. M hates me and I'm so sad. Well,
1: <laughs> it's because you are the same, same, but different because I'm an Aries. <laughs> I have a lot of Pisces in my chart.
0: It's really funny. So for that one person, you know who you are. It just says that it resembles an arch fountain or rainbow and is a concern, potential joy or happiness. So there you go. Pisces friend in the YouTube comments. You know who you are. It is ruled externally by water, but inwardly by fire. It is a positive figure for nearly all questions representing fast situations and construction. It indicates upward motion, happiness, or joy. And it is associated with the deities Jove and Neptunus and the angels Sakael and Barkiel. And it's associated with Nefites. If you don't know what feetsies are, it's feet. All right, now we have the ninth one and the ninth one is called caput draconis now caput draconis is draconis but upside down my guys and it is latin for the head of the dragon so instead of the tail it's the head of the dragon and the figure resembles the astrological symbol the north node of the moon it's neutral as in good with good and evil with evil but fortunate with starting or beginning new things. It is favorable for beginnings and profit and otherwise favorable with other favorable things and unfavorable things with unfavorable things. So I guess if you ask a question that isn't good and you get the kaput draconis, then it's just a bad output. But if you ask a good question and you get it, then I guess you're going to have a good answer. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I'm talking to a... Like whoever wrote this Wikipedia article is like a little troll that lives under a bridge because <laughs> that's how they, they write Riddles. things a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's favorable beginnings. It's unfavorable with unfavorable ones. Okay. It is associated with the benefic planets, Jupiter and Venus, and assigned to the zodiac signs of Sagittarius. Its outer element is fire due to its association with Sagittarius, while its inner earthly element is Earth. It is associated with the deities Venus of love and Volcanus and the angels Sakiel, Enal, and Zuriel. And it is associated with the right arm. Yeah, you put your left arm in. Yeah, you put your right arm out. So anyways. All right, the 10th figure is, I think it's conjunctio. I just want to shout these at people with like a stick. You're about a cadaver. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's one of them. You don't know that? You're the one reading them. Uh, conjunctio so conjunctio conjunctio yeah is latin for the conjunction or the figure resembles a crossroad or two joining figurines so make an x but like put two in the middle so it looks more like a person's body without a head like a stick figure so it resembles a crossroad or joining of two figures the sign is neutral in meaning so it's good and good things and evil with evil things, same as the one before it, but good with joining or recovering things, especially marriage or relationships. Astrologically, is it associated with Virgo and Mercury retrograde, and it represents a combination of forces of for good or ill. By itself, it is neutral, only becoming favorable or not with other figures around it. So I guess it's uh, circumstantial. So its outer element is earth, while its inner element is air. And it is associated with the deities Mercurius and Ceres and the angels Raphael and Hamiel. And it's associated with the intestines and digestive system. Although I do want to say that Hamiel is in red, and there's nothing on Wikipedia about this deity. Do you know who Hamiel is? It's a deity?
1: Or an angel. Oh, it's an angel. That's Mm -hmm. what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot about a lot of the angels unless they're like Michael Raphael, Samael, something like that. Mm -hmm. Those are more known. I don't know. Whereas like Raphael, Michael. Those are the ones that are more
0: well-known. They like pizza, but Hamael is associated with.
1: What is it? How is it spelled? Hamiel. I don't know. Do you see him? He has like
0: brown hair and he's kind of nice. Kind of nice. Well, usually when I talk to Archangels, They don't necessarily talk to you unless they're nicer. Oh, okay. Okay, it's not that they're not nice. It's just that they're they're extremely, angels are
1: extremely intense most of the time. Yeah, but he kind of reminds me of Thor.
0: Okay. Like he has a
1: huge chest. He's like, he's like one of those guys that would have a hard time going through like a door. Is that where he keeps his ham? Can't put his hands, his arms down.
0: I can't put my arms down.
1: Yeah, but he has like a really quiet feeling to him. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like he's as loud as the other ones because I don't, I think what he deals with isn't as big as what the other ones deal with.
0: That would make sense. Yeah, he gives me more of a sweet kind sort of thing. Not so
1: intense. Because like Michael specifically deals with like leading the army of God or some shit. Yeah, he's like, so he does like war stuff entirely. But he's supposed. I've worked to, with Michael. He's supposed to defeat the demons. I've talked to him a lot. He's he's not my my cup of tea, you know. No, he's very uh, jockey. If you, you understand that, that would make sense. Yeah. So he he intimidates me. Mm. He's very jock like. I want a archangel Michael necklace. <laughs> nice yeah,
0: tea. he's very much like your type. <laughs> All right. Next one is aquasisto. Aquisitio. Aquasitio. That's what it is. Aquasitio. So (laughs) this one is uh, Latin for gain. And if you want to make the symbol for it, you're going to make a diamond. And then on top, in a sort of horizontal fashion or diagonal fashion, put two little dots on either side of the top of your diamond dot. So aquacitio is Latin for gain, and the figure resembles two bowls or cups turned upright. So it's basically the opposite of amicio. Aquacitio is good in almost all situations, especially for getting and obtaining things. Astrologically, it is associated with Sagittarius and Jupiter and its outer element ruled by fire and its inner element ruled by air. For most charts, it is a positive figure except where a loss is desired. It indicates a gain financially, mentally, or in any other form or something within one's grasp. It is associated with the deities Jove and Diana and the angels Zachiel and, and I think it's Adna Kyle. It is associated with the hips and thighs. Buns and thighs. Wow. <laughs> the next is called Rubius. Rubius is... Uh, Latin for red, and if you want to draw it, make a X with five little dots, and at the two bottom dots of your X, you're going to add one dot on either side. So Rubius, Latin for red, the figure is an overturned glass, an inversion, meaning good and all that is evil, and evil and all that is good. Like the tale of the dragon, the figure is considered so unfavorable that if it were the first in a reading, the reading would end astrologically it is associated with Scorpio and Mars retrograde dude its inner (laughs) elements is ruled by air and its outer element is ruled by water it represents passion deception violence and vice it is associated with the angels Samael and Barbiel and it is associated with the reproductive and excretory systems along with uh your princess parts that's a brad word (laughs) Your what? Your princess parts. You're a towel. <laughs> what did you call me? <laughs> uh, anyways, add that to your vocabulary. That's a Brad special. All right. Now we have Fortuna Minor. Fortuna Minor, if you want to draw it, is uh, take four tiny dots. It's just like Fortuna Major, but it's, it's a, uh, well, actually, no, this is Fortuna Major. For, <laughs> we already did Fortuna Minor. Really? Now we're doing Fortuna Major. God. That's probably why it's different, you know? Well, it is different, but I'm also dyslexic as shit. So, (laughs) Fortuna Major, it's just like Fortuna Minor, only it's upside down. It's the opposite way. So, make a box with four dots, and then at the bottom of that box, put two little dots that go top to bottom for a little line. Now, Fortuna Major, which is Latin for the greater fortune, the figure resembles blessings growing from the earth and being fruitful in the air. It is good in all situations and represents good fortune, especially in beginnings astrologically. It is associated with Leto, like Fortuna Minor, but by the sun and the northern declinations. Its inner element is earth while its outer element is fire. It denotes power and success and so is very favorable in conflicts and contests. Being a figure of stability and long-term success, it also denotes hardship at the outset of the endeavor and the angels associated with it are Michael and Verkiel and the gods are Apollo and Jupiter. And it's associated with the heart and the chest. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The next one. The next figure. <laughs> if it was, I'd shake your pants. No, it's better. It's Albus. Albus Dumbledore. Yes.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> so this one is uh, drawn X with five dots. And then at the very top of uh, each dot on the left and the right, make another dot for each side. So you got seven dots total. Now, Albus, Latin for white. The figure resembles an upright glass, Right? Because <laughs> you already had Gandalf the white. Now you have to have Albus Dumbledore. So. Well,
1: anyway. he's just a good soul. And then you have Voldemort. Yeah. You think Voldemort, well, Voldemort has something to do with death. I don't know what Voldy means.
0: Yeah, he's not he's not in there for the for the sixteen well, figures. That's dumb. <laughs> never doing geomancy just because of this. I already do it. Geomancy? Pretty
1: sure. Doesn't runes count? Mm.
0: So Aladdin for white, the figure resembles an upright glass or goblet. It is good in most situations, especially with good figures in company, but itself is a weak figure. Astrologically, it is associated with Gemini and Mercury even though its inner elements is water and its outer elements is air. It represents peace, wisdom, and purity. It benefits beginnings and profit or any situation where careful and deliberate planning is needed. It's associated with Apollo and the deity Mercurius and the angels Raphael and Embriel, and is associated with the shoulders and the lungs. Hit them with the shoulders. Well, all I could think about was like the lady that wrote Harry Potter, just reading this and being like, "I'm gonna create a character for
1: this." Well, I'm no. She, she's probably not reading that. She's some Latin. She just did some Latin. Yeah. Probably. Well, Albus is white in Latin. That's what you said, right?
0: Yeah, but it also yeah. says that in most situations, especially with good figures in company, but it's a weak figure by itself. I don't
1: know i just felt yeah, like that's exactly dumbledore
0: i know but oh, I know. albus just means white so if she took latin she was just gonna call him white dumbledore <laughs> but i mean like a lot of these things for it maybe she took it from geomancy i don't know that's what i was thinking but anyways okay next one is i think it's pronounced tristitia tristitia is latin for sorrow and it's a upside down arch So it's not the Pisces one. So make three lines on either side of one another and then one in the middle for a seventh line at the bottom. So tristitia, Latin for sorrow, the figure resembles a broken arch or a stake being driven into the ground. It is bad in most cases and connotates sadness and mourning. Astrologically, it is associated with Aquarius and Saturn. Tristitia is an unfavorable figure in almost all questions, usually representing pain and suffering. However, it is favorable in questions dealing with stability, building, or the earth as in agriculture. Its outer element is air and its inner element is earth, and it is associated with the deities Saturnus and Juno and the angels Cassiel and Gabriel, and it is associated with the ankles and the lower legs. Maybe, I feel like it should be associated with a, well, I guess he's not a a god. Achilles is a demigod, so. All right, and the last of the figures, are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. They saved the most populous for the last. (laughs) I don't get it. The 16th figure is called populous. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So uh, you're going to take four lines, four dots, draw them top to bottom, And then a little bit over to the right or the left, however you fancy it, draw another four dots. That's going to be the symbol for populace. Latin for the people, the figure resembles a bird's eye view of a group of people. The figure can mean that the outcome is based on the people of the situation or represents a large number of people or peers. Astrologically, it is associated with cancer and the waxing moon. Both its inner and outer elements are water. It refers to a gathering or assembly of people, and it is very neutral. For though there may be a great deal of movement within the crowd, there is very little effect on the crowd as a whole. It is favorable with favorable figures and unfavorable with unfavorable ones. Its planetary ruler is Casmodati. It's associated with the deities Diana and Mercurius and the angels Gabrielle and Muriel, and is associated with the breasts and torso.
1: What do you think about Geomancy? It sounds like rune casting. It does.
0: <laughs> but with a little bit of a twist. I mean, if you're using the the 16-sided little dice thingies, but if you're throwing dirt in the air, it's a little bit different. Or using feng shui. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of cool. It's definitely something that I did not know about. And I feel like I only want to be a scapulomancer now.
1: <laughs> be a necromancer. Oh, wait. We already are.
0: <laughs> when someone told me that, I was astounded. Because I thought mm-hmm. necromancy from popular culture was like reanimating dead bodies and then like talking to them. Well, that's part of it.
1: I don't do that. It's part of it. Necromancy is? Yeah. You don't do that, but that's not all of it. That's part of it. I need you to tell me more. What? <laughs> Bringing people back from the dead necromancy it's a big overreaching term that defines a lot of things well, i don't know why you're confused
0: i don't know someone called me a necromancer and yeah, i was you a, talk a to offended. dead people
1: that's also part of necromancy yeah but i don't reanimate them like you don't things. have to well exactly you can just talk to them but you could also do that and that would be necromancy
0: sounds horrifying <laughs> it sounds super scary
1: that's why i asked you if we were doing alchemy
0: no we could do alchemy. Isn't alchemy just making one thing from something else? I don't know. You should research it. It is. Alchemists
1: were supposed to be able to make like wood into cake. They're supposed to be able to reanimate things, but you need like some sort of weird elixir thing or like some rock. And then a lot of bodies. Brando, people. the thirst mutilator? I don't know what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> that's the elixir that's going to reanimate things. Because it's got electrolytes.
1: Wow! <laughs>
0: if you guys like content like this, please make sure to follow, give us a good rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And uh yeah, we will see you in the next one. Until then, we are your meta kicks.
1: Wow. Sorry. <laughs>